Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. Baltimore was a booming, brawling town in the 1830s. When into this rough-and-tumble place came a sensitive, creative young man. He was about five feet seven, with a broad forehead, curly brown hair, radiant gray eyes, and a tendency to dress like Lord Byron. An acquaintance said his personal appearance was delicate and effeminate, but never sickly or ghastly, and I never saw him in any dress which was not fashionably neat and with some approximation to elegance. Born in Boston, schooled in London and the University of Virginia, he entered the Army in 1827 at the age of 18. That same year, he also published a slim volume of poetry that sold fewer than 50 copies. He enrolled at West Point, but after six months changed his mind, refused to attend classes, and was dismissed. In 1831, he came to Baltimore to live with relatives. Here he wrote poetry and stories for literary magazines and gathered ideas for future work. A local scandal concerning dentists who got extra teeth by way of professional grave robbers may have given him the idea for a story entitled Berenice. The cholera epidemic of 1832 possibly inspired a later piece, The Mask of the Red Death. In 1833, he became a local celebrity by winning a small literary prize for a story entitled Manuscript Found in a Bottle. Still, life was unkind. His older brother died of alcohol or tuberculosis. His books didn't sell. Reviewers were scornful. Exquisite nonsense, the Boston Yankee said of one. The American Monthly Magazine said another consisted merely of some sickly rhymes. The New York Mirror described still another as having a general indefiniteness of ideas and a prevailing obscurity. Dispirited and often depressed, he became devoted to his cousin, Virginia. Though she was not yet in her teens, they shared the same melancholy soul. Once, when out walking, the pair came upon a graveyard where a funeral was in progress and joined the mourners. Though neither of them knew the deceased, both began to weep. In 1834, his wealthy foster father died and disinherited him. He moved to Richmond. Unable to bear parting from his beloved cousin, he married Virginia, though she was only 13. But life suddenly took on direction. He became the editor of the Southern Literary Messenger, moved to Philadelphia, and then New York, where stories began to pour from his pen. The narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym, tales of the grotesque and arabesque, murders in the Rue Morgue, the Gold Bug, and finally, the Raven. Although the first printing of the Raven brought only $15, it made him famous, and it appeared that he had found happiness at last. But two years and a day after the great poem appeared, Virginia died in his arms of tuberculosis. Mentally and emotionally shattered, he couldn't pull the remnants of his life together. He sought peace in the bottle and courted other women, who dismissed him as a drunk. To raise money for his own literary magazine, he traveled south once more, arriving in Baltimore on September 28, 1849. Five days later, during a city election, a compositor for the Baltimore Sun found him lying in the street outside Ryan's Fourth Ward polls, in clothes obviously not his own. The stranger helped him into nearby Gunner's Hall, but the writer was incoherent. They took him to Washington College Hospital, where he lapsed in and out of consciousness, until, early on the morning of October 7, 1849, he died. One who was at his bedside said his last words were, Lord, help my poor soul. He was buried in the Westminster Burying Ground in Baltimore, leaving behind him a never-to-be-forgotten body of work and a nation's literature given new shape and energy.